Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Dan Grasser Show. We are live. And in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone numbers. We take it right up until 12 o'clock noon. Anita will slide in at that point. We got Joe Leo. We got Harvey Cruz. And we are going to have some fun here as per usual here on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. On this all-star weekend, no Knicks, no Nets. And I'll tell you what, boy, the NBA, you talk about an all-star break, it's more like an all-star interruption. I mean, I, I, it, the way the Players Association was able to negotiate the time off they get during the all-star break, I mean, it's, it, it's a little much. <laughs> you know, it's, it really and truly is. You know, you think of like a team like the Knicks and the Nets, who, you know, Knicks last played on Wednesday. And they're not going to play again until next Friday for crying out. I mean, you imagine you get like over a week off. I mean, it wasn't always like that. I mean, you have your all-star break, and then, you know, you're back at it after a few days. I mean, it's crazy, but that's it's the way of the world. I mean, even the baseball all-star break, those are getting pushed back even further and further now, given these guys, you know, as, as the money comes in, the less they got to work. It's incredible. And then the NBA, I mean, those guys don't want to play anyways. <laughs> you know, they, they want load management. They want, you know, one out of every four games off. Some guys want to play, you know, or one off once every three days. The way this thing is, cons- uh, you know, constructed. But what can you do? Um, last night you had the the young players game and, and so on and so forth. The celebrity game. I, I didn't watch a second of it. Uh, and if you did, congratulations. You're a better person than I am. Tonight you got the all uh, the slam dunk three point shootout. If that floats your boat, be my guest here. But as far as all these all star things are concerned, just just get me back to the real thing. And and then the NBA, it's a little bit of a unique position, too, compared to some of these other sports. Because with the NBA, you're already 60 games in. You know, it is not by any stretch of the imagination the midway point. Like, we are past the midway point. This is like the three-quarter pole already. You know, you get back from the break here, you got to hit the ground running. You know, you're a team like the Nets. You're a team like the Knicks. You know, you're trying to stay out of that play-in tournament here. you got 20 games to go, you know, full speed ahead. No kind of just getting yourself back into the mix. But we'll see what happens. And both of these teams are in pretty decent shape here. And the new look Nets, life without Kyrie, without KD, we'll see how much they can hang on. And if you're the Knicks, you know, we'll get into it more a little bit later on here. But you got to be happy with where you're at right now. You got to look at some of the contributions you've gotten from some of your key guys here and be thrilled over the moon, I mean, it goes without saying how well Jalen Brunson has played and how much of a home run he's been and Julius Randle reverting back to his all-star form. You know, and Josh Hart, it's only been a few games, and that's the guy you brought in here at the deadline, but, you know, he looks like he's going to play a big role for this team moving forward. So, you know, for once and seems like forever, both of these teams seem like they're in halfway decent shape here as the Nets rid themselves of the headache that were, you know, the Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant tenure and... Now onward and upward and see where they go from there. But we got to begin with the football stuff, right? Because, look, we're less than a week removed from the end of the season. And we are 
officially in off-season mode here in the National Football League. And look, the NFL is a 12-month-a-year, 365-day-a-year news cycle, right? It never ends. The rumors never stop churning when it comes to the NFL. And yesterday we find out that the Jets, in their search for yet their latest attempt at finding a franchise quarterback, are going to do a little car shopping this weekend, right? They're going to take advantage of the holiday sales. You know, you get, you know, the President's Day sales that they advertise. You go into your favorite dealership and maybe try to get a good deal on a lease or whatever it is. And for the Jets, it's going to be the guy who was the quarterback of the silver and black here for the last few years and Derek Carr. And look, it goes without saying, when you're talking about Derek Carr, the one advantage that you have right now, if you're the Jets and you feel that, you know, he's the guy that you want to bring in is that it can happen anytime. You don't have to wait until March in the beginning of the new league year and free agency like you would have to do with somebody, let's say, Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a true free agent. Derek Carr's a free agent, yeah, but since his team cut him loose, he can sign with anybody at any time. And, you know, there's reports out there that Carr wants to get this thing done by the scouting combine, which is going to happen here in a couple of weeks. So we're going to have a decision in all probability by the time the calendar hits March as to where Derek Carr is going to be playing football. Now, we talked a lot about it on the show last night, and there's pluses, there's minuses, right? There's pros and cons when you're talking about a guy like Carr as to what he could potentially provide to a team like the New York Jets. And as I say more often than not, any of these guys that we've been sitting here and we've been tossing around and we've been discussing – about who may climb aboard and who the next quarterback might be here for the New York Jets. The reason that they're available is because they have a check mark against them, right? If they were the end-all, be-all, if they were the perfect player, if you couldn't find a knock against them, they wouldn't be available. They'd be property of their team, and the team would love to have them, and they would make sure that they would pay them whatever they want, and so on and so forth. You know, Joe Burrow's not available. Patrick Mahomes is not available. Josh Allen, on and on and on. You know, those are the true, tried and true franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. Jets haven't had one of those guys in forever. And they're looking for one of those guys. Remember, they took a couple of swings at the draft over the last handful of years, first with Sam Darnold, then with Zach Wilson. One guy was the third overall pick. The other guy was the second overall pick. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. So now that's why you have to be in the market, whether it's in free agency, whether it's in a trade. And Carr is the guy who is the next contestant on the prices right here. He's coming in for a visit this weekend. And what that tells you is that there's mutual interest there. Because remember, if you're Derek Carr, you don't have to go anywhere. If you're any free agent, like you don't have to go visit a particular team in a particular city if you don't want to play for him. Like nobody's putting a gun to Derek Carr's head and say, you know what, you got to go to Florham Park. You got to go. You got to go have a meal in the cafeteria. They do a great chicken quesadilla. You better go experience that for yourself. No, he's going to go there because he's, there you go. Shout out quesadilla. He wants to be there potentially. And he's doing his due diligence, and there's nothing wrong with that. So the fact that the Jets were able to get him into the building this weekend because it also indicates that, hey, you know, Jets might want to kick the tires on this guy. And I think that if you're looking at a pecking order right now with the Jets, obviously there's Aaron Rodgers, obviously there's Derek Carr, and then you go from there. And I think that the way to attack this whole thing, Rodgers is sitting in his little hole right now in his darkness retreat, Not having any idea what he's thinking, what his intentions are, what his plans are going to be. We have no idea. So if you're the Jets, you can't do anything right now as far as Garoppolo is concerned. 
right? The legal tampering period is not until, what is that, March the 12th or the 11th or somewhere around there. So you can't do anything. Ryan Tannehill's another name potentially that might be made available, but he's property of the Tennessee Titans right now. He's not a free agent. You would have to trade for him, and there's been no indication that Tennessee has had any discussions with the Jets or with anybody else. And more importantly, they haven't given the player permission or his agent to go talk to other clubs. So if you're the Jets right now, the only thing that you can do is you've already placed the phone call to Green Bay and started to talk to them about, all right, if Rodgers is available, what could it potentially take? But the player still has to sign off on it. And Carr is a free agent to where you can sign him at any given time. So that's what the Jets are doing. And look, if you're anybody who does anything in this world, You want to have a little bit of an idea. You want to have some certainty, do you not? Just about your daily life. When you go about playing, you know, I got to do this on Wednesday. I got to do this on Friday. You know, let me mark it down. You have it in your your little planner and stuff like that. You want some structure to your life. And a football team would be no different. You know, the Jets got a lot of work ahead of them here over the next several months to where they can get themselves hopefully to the postseason next year. You know, the combine is in a couple of weeks. Then you go right into free agency. Then you go into all the draft stuff, on and on and on. If they can have the biggest question answered by the time you get to the month of March, don't you think that that's going to probably cause a few less headaches for them and make things a little bit easier as far as planning out the rest of the offseason? I think it would. And so here's Derek Carr. And it's a step towards solving that problem because – You can't rely on Aaron Rodgers right now. The guy's literally sitting in the dark. And we have zero clues to what he's thinking. Zero. So let's talk about Carr. And I know that he's not for everybody. I know that people want to point to what he can't do and what he hasn't done and where he's failed and where he's come up small. I get all those things. Remember, goes back to what I said earlier. If you got a few knocks against you, that's why you're available at this point in time. And Carr's no different than anybody else. So why didn't it work with the Raiders? Why did Josh McDaniels and company want to kick him to the curb and say, you know what, the guy's been here forever. I, 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 I just don't think he's going to be our quarterback. I think we could do better. I think we could go in a different direction. Maybe free up the money that they signed him to. And everybody wants to, you know, Carr had a down year last year. By his standards, he did. But what's a down year? Guy played 15 games because they sent him home, and it was you know, a, a mutual parting for those last couple of games, right? But he still threw for 3,500 yards. He threw 24 touchdown passes. Not great. Maybe by today's standards in the NFL, it's not considered great, but it's not terrible. It's not Jets-like. Because do I have to remind you people that last year, The team high for touchdown passes by any of the quarterbacks that played a game for the Jets was six. They had 14 touchdown passes total through 17 games, 14 of them. So think about that. You have one guy here who threw 24, and this was four guys that the Jets trotted out at quarterback last year at a given point in time, and they only mustered 14. So, okay. Maybe Carr doesn't stack up to the likes of Patrick Mahomes and to the Joe Burrows of the world and, you know, the true elite of the elite of the National Football League, the one percenters. But compared to what the Jets had, I would say that that's a pretty significant upgrade, wouldn't you? And after all, what was keeping the Jets out of the playoffs last season? Wasn't it the play of the quarterback? 
Wasn't it that position? And if you were able to solve that in some way, shape, or form that, hmm, roster's pretty good. You got talent here. And if you bring in a guy like Carr with the production that he's able to provide, I mean, shoot, that's better than anything the Jets have had in ages. Ages. Not to mention he comes over and he would play for a team that has the best defense that maybe he's ever played for in his NFL career, or played with, I should say. In the nine years that he has been the quarterback of the Raiders, statistically speaking, you know, and numbers tell you a lot when it comes to football. Statistically speaking, the Raider defense was the worst in the National Football League during that nine-year stretch. I would say that that's pretty telling, don't you think? And the Jets have a top-five defense in their own right? Complimentary football, you hear that expression often, right? You can have a great offense, but if your defense stinks, what good is it, right? Philadelphia put up a lot of points in that Super Bowl. They put up enough points to win the game, but you know what? Their defense didn't get the job done in the second half, and that's why Kansas City came back and won the damn game. And that's why the Eagles don't have a ring. And why Travis Kelsey's hosting Saturday Night Live. God help us all in a couple of weeks, for those that watch the program, that is. Is Derek Carr Aaron Rodgers? No. But you know what? Between the two guys, Derek Carr will probably be here as the Jet quarterback longer than Aaron Rodgers would, if that does anything for you. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. From everybody that I spoke to last night, I got a feeling this is still a mixed bag as far as the fans are concerned. I think they're hot and cold on Derek Carr, and rightfully so. You know, maybe you didn't watch him play as consistently and as regularly as certainly you see, you know, your own team, and you can only go by certain things. But we're going to try to answer all these questions. We're going to try to connect the dots for you here throughout this program. And you know what? If this becomes reality, you could say you've been warned. You could say you're prepared. And the fact that he came all the way out here and the fact that they're breaking bread and they're spending time with each other, it's more than just a rumor at this point, right? You have to prepare yourself that this could happen. And I'll tell you, I do not think it would be the absolute worst thing in the world if he's the guy trotting out on the field week one as the Jet quarterback. Taking it right up until noon on this Saturday. A lot of things we got to get to today. We'll have some fun. Dan Gross's show, 98.7 ESPN. Shout out Quesadilla. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E.
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So a couple of things here before we get to some calls. And I know people are fired up and they want to get into this, and rightfully so. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big thing. You know, you look at this roster. It's a good roster. They needed a quarterback. If they had any sort of decent, average, consistent quarterback play last year, and I stress the word average, they're a playoff team. They fell short by a game because the quarterback position was a revolving door. And I will die on the hill that if Mike White doesn't get hurt late in the season, they find a way to win one more of those games and make the playoffs. Now, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you they're in the Super Bowl. Of course not. But they would have been a playoff team, which means the cupboard is not bare here. Any quarterback that walks in, there's going to be a foundation and something to work with. It is not a hopeless situation. Now, real quick, the first thing that you hear by all the so-called experts out there that want to throw cold water on Derek Carr as to why he shouldn't be the Jet quarterback, or anybody's quarterback for that matter, is that the guy's no good in cold weather, right? Below 37 degrees, when the kickoff temperature is below 37 degrees in his career, Derek Carr is 0-7. Six touchdown passes, nine INTs. Okay, that's a damn shame, don't you think? But let's think about that for a second, guys, okay? Let's do some quick math. Derek Carr has appeared in 142 regular season games in his career. 142. He's played in seven games below 37 degrees. That is 5% of the games that he has appeared in in his NFL career has been below 37 degrees. So we're going to get all worked up here at 5%? Really? 5% is what people are going to have a conniption over because it might be cold out one day. Really? 5% of an NFL season is one game. So one out of the 17 games potentially – that Derek Carr might play in as the Jet quarterback, it might be a little chilly, and then he's going to totally lose his collective you-know-what, and he's not going to be able to function, and the Jets are going to have no chance to win. All right, trivia question for you. Harvey and Joe, my buddies, just wager a guess, because I checked with the National Weather Service on this one, by the way. I was up early this morning. I have a couple of connections over there. Made the call. I was on the phone at like 5.30 this morning. I mean, I, you know, you get in early, you get the information you need. Guys, how many games do you think this past season the Jets played where the kickoff temperature was below 37 degrees? Joe, what do you think? I'm going to say three. Okay. Harvey, how about you? Ooh, I'm going to say two. Interesting. Well, guess what? Both of you are wrong. You know what the correct answer is? You know how many games that the Jets played in this year where the kickoff temperature was below 37 degrees? You know, you're so emphatic, I'm going to say none. Zero. Absolutely. Good job. Circle gets a square. Tremendous. Now, you know how many games that they played this year where the kickoff temperature was exactly 37 degrees? The answer is two. But it's not below 37, so it doesn't fit with the narrative of that statistic. Point is this, okay? And by the way, both of those games were on the road. They weren't here at MetLife Stadium. They weren't home games. So that can potentially be avoided. The one game was in Buffalo in December. Remember, it was like a rainy, sleety, crappy, snowy kind of day. That was 37 degrees at kickoff. 
All right? That's because the schedule makers made the Jets go to Buffalo in December. Who's to say that they're going to go to Buffalo every single year in December? What if they go earlier in the year, September, October, whatever? It's not going to be 37 degrees. The other one was up in Foxborough in New England. They had that game in November. And it was a little chilly that day. That was like the last straw for Zach Wilson when they could do nothing offensively. That was 37 degrees at kickoff. So, so think about this for a second. You're going to sit here and worry about what this guy has done in his career. He's played nine seasons in the NFL, and 5%, 5% of the games that he has appeared in have been chilly, and he hasn't necessarily fared well in. Seven losses. Well, couldn't those seven losses just have come against any team in any temperature, in any climate? Newsflash for you. Look at the weather outside. There's been more 60-degree days this winter than there's been probably 20-degree days. Things are a little bit different around here, and I don't want to get into a global warming environmental discussion. My point is, is, you know, we live in the tri-state area. We don't live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We don't live in the North Pole. We don't live in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Where do you think he's going to be playing his games? All right, we're at every single Jets game doing our broadcast. It has, aside from the rain, where we had a few of those games this year, it has not been frigid by any stretch of the imagination, probably for the last, as long as I've been doing this, and I've been doing it for five years. So pump the brakes a little bit about Derek Carr coming to the frozen tundra and having to play quarterback, making way too big of a deal over it all. All right. Let's get to some phones. 800-919-3776. Let's say hi to Ira. He is going to bat leadoff. I just talked to him last night, as a matter of fact, in Staten Island. He's here on 98.7 ESPN. Ira, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Dan. How are you? And I know we spoke last night about car. You know where I feel it's a car in Rogers. But you're right about the weather. And, by the way, that Buffalo game felt like it was 15 degrees, not doing seven. I'm, I'm glad I, I wasn't at that one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was nasty. It was nasty. But, you know, wouldn't, I, would you agree with me, regardless how this musical chairs or quarterback plays out, whether it's Carl Rogers, Garoppolo, whoever they end up, and I don't know why people keep on throwing out Tannehill's name. I think you mentioned it last night. He's still property of the Titans, and he's really the only quarterback they have. So unless people know he's going to get traded or cut, I don't really see why his name keeps on getting thrown out there. But regardless of who the Jets quarterback is, out of any of the names we just mentioned, this team, the expectations are make the playoffs and maybe win a game or two in the playoffs. Would you agree? Uh, a thousand percent. I think I know that the owner went up there at the end of the season and said, I don't do mandates and I'm not going to issue playoffs or bust, but – Ivor, you can read between the lines. With everything they have invested in this team and potentially what they're going to put forward to try to get a quarterback, I would say that they better make the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's even make – I'm not saying he's better. I think that they are a playoff team. I mean, you know, you, you, you said it on your show, you know, Tucker gets hurt, the Paul comes back healthy, you know, Douglas has a good offseason, and then they add the right quarterback, whoever that might be. You know, I expect this team to win 10, 11 games next year, maybe more. I think minimum that's the expectations, Ira, minimum. And I thank you for the phone call. You know, this is a plug-and-play team. You get the right quarterback in here, you put him in there, this team should be firing on all cylinders. 
They really and truly should. I mean, barring like just some ridiculous upheaval to the roster, which look in this world and in this league, you never know. But you don't think that that's going to happen. Marvin in the Bronx is up next here on 98.7. Marvin, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. Dan, I'm, I know you're just going to sound crazy what I'm about to say. Uh-oh. Well, well Marvin, you're why do you got to totally give like up that? on Zach Come Wilson? On. I mean, he's a high draft pick. I mean, he's a young guy. He has all the ability. But you're just going to write him off like that? Marvin, let me ask you a question, okay? You based know I'm a military man. Based on what you've seen for two years under Zach Wilson, and if I said to you, Marvin, hey, Marvin, if you like this job that you have, you better win some games next year. Would you put your job on the line because of Zach Wilson? That's a that's a heavy question because uh, right? I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to lose my salary or depend on other. You don't you don't want to lose your look, salary. From the looks of things, uh, I have to go with you. Better get it together. Marvin, look, you got the salary, you got the roof over your head, you got to put food in your baby's mouths, all those things. You can't rely on this guy who has not given you a reason to want to rely on him in two years. This is a bottom line business. This, you know, Marvin, look, the NFL ain't like what it used to be 20, 30 years ago, where you can quote unquote have a five year rebuild. A coach could get five years to stink up the joint to hopefully this thing turns around. You know, you draft the young quarterback, you play him for a few years, let him sink, let him swim. It's not like that anymore. You can go from right. worst to first right. in a given right. season, right? You're right. You're right. Because I, I, my mind this morning when I was thinking about it, calling in, I'm I'm glad to be a member of your team now, Dan. You know, you're a good guy. Marvin, you're um, on the team. You're on the team. You uh, know what? I'll, 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 how about this? You're a captain on the team. What do you think about that? Yeah, thank you. The, the thing is, I thought about what, how they treated Phil Simms. We know how that turned out. But like you say, it's a different time. I just – such a high draft pick and just to write him off, man, that's – that's bad, man. That's bad management. Look, it's not a great look, Marvin, and I thank you for the phone call. There's the captain. That's Marvin checking in. In a perfect world, you want it to work, right? And in a perfect world, you wish that it could have worked. And they tried. This past year, they tried. They tried like hell, you know? They overlooked the ineffective play because the team was winning. Remember, before they had ultimately the last straw with Zach Wilson and that game in New England, which was just an abomination, all right, it looked like I was out there playing quarterback. You had the game in Denver, which the Jets were fortunate enough to win, but there were signs already that bad habits were starting to creep in. You could even make the case the week before up in Green Bay where the Jets won that game. I, I mean, he was doing some weird loosey-goosey things that day, like running around like a chicken with his head cut off and just, like, throwing balls up for grabs. And, you know, the Jets blocked a punt that day for a touchdown. Brees Hall, of course, broke off a big run and did his thing when he was healthy at that point. So there were signs that this thing was brewing. Then they come home, and he has that awful game against the Patriots with the three picks. Okay, they beat Buffalo after that, but then he goes up to Foxborough and plays even worse. You know, it's like how many times can you keep turning the other cheek? Because with better quarterback play, hell, just not even shooting yourself in the foot. You might have won a couple of those games. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. So a little bit more about Carr when we come back. You know, a little bit as to really what went on during his time with the Raiders. And everybody that wants to poke holes into it will try to set the record straight with a few of them. And also... We'll dive a little bit deeper into the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Not so much what's happening with Green Bay 
and where they stand, although we do have some info on that. But specifically, the darkness retreat. What is actually taking place in the hole, in the cave? Dan Grosser Show till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. XFL kicks off this weekend, so if you're looking for some football to get you through the night, well, you got the XFL. Remember, we are adopting, officially adopting here in New York, the St. Louis Battlehawks is our official XFL team, coached by... Damn right it is. Our boy Anthony Becht, of course, part of our Jet team and former Jet first-round pick tight end. He's coaching... St. Louis Battlehawks, we had him on the show on Thursday night, so we wish him all the luck. Remember, tomorrow, Sunday, 3 p.m. on ABC, they kick off against San Antonio. So we are a St. Louis Battlehawks town here in New York as far as the XFL is concerned. Yes, we are. Um, So, Rodgers. Apparently, and, and, you know, stop me if you've heard this one before. Apparently, the Packers are done with him. They're ready to move on. Like, Jordan Love is the guy. They are literally ready to turn over the keys to the car to Jordan Love. Now, Bob McGinn, who is a longtime media member, right now he writes for a publication called something Touchdown or something. And I apologize. I should have this here handy. Um but he used to cover the Packers for a good number of years for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. GoLongTD.com. Tyler Dunn, who also covered the Packers for a very long time and has covered the Packers for a long time, it's his kind of subscription-based website, which is all the rage nowadays. Um, so they're reputable. That's the point I'm trying to make. Okay, These guys have been around the team, been around the organization, and been around Rodgers for decades. So they have a little podcast on the GoLongTD. And this was Bob McGinn talking about the situation that the Packers are in right now as far as Rodgers is concerned. He says, as of right now, I'm convinced, based on my own instincts and knowing the NFL and knowing what happens after all these defeats and discussions with someone who has firsthand knowledge of this organization, of the Packers' internal debates, that they are done with Rodgers. That's the way it is right now, that he's not coming back. They're disgusted with him, and they're done with him, and they're moving on. This is going to involve money and a trade partner and all kinds of things. But I'm totally convinced he is not going to be their starting quarterback this year. On the other hand, they love Jordan Love. 
They think he's the second coming now. They've seen enough in practice for three years that they believe he's like Rodgers 2.0. That's where this organization is coming from right now. They have turned the page just like they did to Favre in June and July, those months in the summer of 2008, and I don't see it changing. It's interesting he brings up the Favre comparison because when you hear those words, that's what it kind of gives me flashbacks to. Because the same exact thing happened to Favre when he was kind of prompted into making his retirement. Because remember, the Packers had that emotional season in 2007. Favre played really, really well. He was the runner-up to Brady in the MVP. And the Packers went all the way to the NFC Championship game, and they lost to a team called the Giants at Lambeau Field where the temperature was like 85 below. Tom Coughlin's face froze, all those things. So it was a tough year for him, a tough finish. And Favre wanted some time to decompress, and I guess the Packers kept ringing him up, you know, early in the offseason, February and March, and they said, hey, Brett, you want to play? You going to play? We need an answer. You know, let us know by Friday. And Favre said, well, if you need an answer for me today, I I'm retiring. I'm done. And so that's when he had the press conference, and he went up there, and he was emotional, and he cried, and then he got to work on his get-rich-quick scheme to go get a volleyball court and take everybody's welfare money in Mississippi. I'm kidding. Um, but... You know, they, they wanted a decision. And I'm sure the Packers are in the same sort of predicament right now with Rodgers. It's February, right? March will be here before you know it. They want to get on with their offseason. So when Bob reports something like that, I, I don't have any reason to doubt him because we've been down this road before. And ironically enough, Rodgers was the one who benefited from Favre moving on, and he stepped right in. But Favre, who said in March he was retiring, then as the summer rolled around and he started to get closer to football season again, he was like, well, wait a sec, I, I want to play football now. I didn't want to do all the offseason stuff. I didn't want to do OTAs and mini camps and, you know, sit in meetings and all that crap because I'm, you know, 39 years old or however he was at that time. I just want to go play football. And so the Packers, meantime, went through that entire offseason with moving forward with Rodgers as the guy. And then Favre gets on his private jet and flies up from Mississippi to Green Bay for training camp. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm here. Let's play football. And the Packers were like, wait a second. No, we, we, Rodgers is our guy. And then he got traded to the Jets and, you know, rest is history. Swap out Favre, put in Rodgers, and swap out Rodgers and put in Jordan Love, and that's where they are again. So if you believe any of this stuff, yeah, it looks like the Packers are going to have a new quarterback this year, which means Rodgers may or may not be available. And the only reason I say he may or may not be available is because he's in a cave right now, and we don't know what he's thinking. We don't know if he wants the play or not. Like, maybe, look, I, I don't know, you might be in a similar predicament as me, but I'm, I'm just being honest with you guys here, all right? I've never done a darkness retreat before. You might find that strange, but I've never done a darkness retreat, never. Wouldn't even know how to start. So what happens if Rodgers, and really like the reason behind him doing this, is because you know like the old saying, like you never know what you truly have until it's gone, right? What if by living in darkness for four days, it's going to reignite his love for football? Like how come, or what if he's sitting in there in the dark during this stretch and he just keeps thinking to himself, he's like, boy, this sucks. I'm in the dark. Like, this is like, I, I mean, I can't watch TV. I can't go on the internet. Like, where's my phone? I can't even go to the refrigerator and get something to eat. Like, I, I, I can't do anything. I can't even go to the bathroom properly. And I, I can't even episode, play football. Right? I don't watch TV. Oh, that's interesting. I miss football. Right? 
I, 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 I miss – boy, I wish I had football. Anything is better than sitting in the dark for four days. They don't even so have, like, the TV, it, like, in the back of the seat. So what happens if this just reignites his passion for the game? which could be what he's kind of scheming up here this whole time. I don't know. You don't know. I don't even know anybody who's ever done a darkness retreat. Because why would you? There's got to be a screw or two loose within you to want to embark on something like this. That's just my own personal belief. You could see otherwise. Let's say hi to Bob and Edison. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Bobby, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. How you doing? Bob, I'm great. What's up? Um, I want to espouse a, a little bit what you were talking about earlier, like vouching for a car, you know, something about the statistics. And to me, you could have brought up Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill, and the bar is so low. Any of those guys is going to be just a drastic improvement over that. That's the first comment. The second one is this. You had a prior caller talking about that. Is it really, you know, to give up on him? He, he, he's Ryan Lee territory. I mean, he cannot play. He cannot even be the backup because the way you're starting quarterbacks you know, go down in this league, no matter who they get, that cannot be the next option. Bob, let me let you go because the phone is kind of cutting in and out <laughs> there. But I appreciate the phone call. Here's what I think about Zach Wilson for the upcoming season, despite what's coming out of Florham Park and what they're telling you. I wouldn't be shocked if when the season opens next year, Zach Wilson's the third-string quarterback, just like he ended the season. I could see them going out there, getting a new starter. Then, whether it's Mike White that they re-sign or another capable veteran backup to be the two, And that could even be Joe Flacco again. Who the hell knows? And then you have Zach Wilson as kind of like that third-string emergency quarterback. And I think in a perfect world, the Jets, if they're going to stay true to their beliefs about Zach Wilson and wanting to develop him or whatever, they're going to use this as a redshirt year. Now, normally you do that in year one, not in year three. But they've made mistakes along the way, and the quarterback has not necessarily been brought up to speed here to where now this is the predicament that they find themselves in. I think Zach might be the number three next year which to me does not speak wonders about his long-term availability for this franchise. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. You talk about structure. You talk about different things that you need in order to help a guy be successful. I'm going to tell you a few things that maybe would go against that and what Derek Carr has had to deal with during his time with the Raiders franchise. We wrote till noon here. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grosser Show with you here on a Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. How about the Isles and how about the Rangers last night? Both of them coming from behind, both getting W's. Islanders look dead and buried against Pittsburgh. They found a way to pull it off. And then how about the Blue Shirts? You know, maybe it was the plan all along. Hey, let's give up four goals in the first period, right? I got to be honest. I mean, when they gave up four at the end of 20 minutes, I'm thinking, all right, Edmonton's got a chance to maybe put up 10 tonight. It looked like it was going to be one of those nights, and and you have them sometimes. But they buckle down, don't give up another goal the rest of the game. They battle back, battle back. Your star's making the plays again. Kreider, Zabanejad, Igor locking it down. You get it to overtime. You get it to the shootout. Boom, you find a way to get a win. Again, it seems like we've said that a lot. 
you know, the Carolina game last Saturday night, I think last night goes into that category. Like these two games here just in the last week, I mean, those are like two of maybe like the five or six best wins that the Rangers have had this year. You know, you've got something going on here, something brewing. That's exciting. We'll talk about that more a little bit later on here. We're into football. We're into quarterbacks and Derek Carr and the Jets. And is it a match? Is it going to be a partnership that comes to fruition here in the next couple of weeks? So we always try to sit here and pinpoint what it takes to be successful, right? What a quarterback needs, whether it's some stability in the organization, right? A good relationship with the coaching staff. You need weapons, to be able to distribute the ball to. You need a good foundation on the offensive line. All these things kind of in sync, right, in order to ensure that you got the best chance of being successful. Well, just a little bit of a bullet point type thing here with the stuff that Derek Carr's had to endure during his time with the Raiders. He spent nine years there. Had six head coaches. Six. I, I mean, that's like... The only thing that I can remember that maybe had that type of a streak there for a while was like the Cleveland Browns, like over a decade ago. Remember when they were just like trotting through coaches, it seemed like on an annual basis? So think about that for a second. Nine years, six head coaches in professional football. I mean, peewee football doesn't even have that much turnover. Remember the Raiders were in the Super Bowl the last time they were there after that 2002 season? And they went up against their old coach and John Gruden. And they got smoked because the Raiders didn't bother to, like, change any of their audibles and any of their calls. And so Tampa Bay knew exactly what the hell the Raiders were doing because Gruden told them everything. So, oops. That was a long time ago, right? That was the 2002 regular season. And we just got done with the 2022 regular season. Do you realize that in those 20 years, 21 years, whatever it is, the Raiders have made the playoffs Two times during that stretch. Two times. Derek Carr was the quarterback for both of those seasons. Now, one of them, of course, he never made it to the playoffs because he broke his leg. I think it was on Christmas Eve in 2016. But he was maybe headed for an MVP season that year before he got hurt. And he still finished third in the MVP vote. Now, when was the last time any Jet quarterback finished in the top, I don't know, 15 in an MVP vote. What, Vinny in 1998? When he took the Jets to the AFC Championship game? So think about that for a second. The only success the Raiders have had as a franchise in the last two decades, Derek Carr was at the helm of. Now, he comes over here. You better get used to playing Miami, New England, Buffalo, right? Those are your division teams. You're going to see them twice a year. How has Derek Carr fared against the AFC East? In his career, which includes the Jets. He's 8 and 10, 62% completions, 31 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, passer rating of 92.6. From an individual standpoint, that's not too bad. I mean, if I tell you, hey, my quarterback is going to have those type of numbers, you would say, all right, we got a good chance to win. But the team was only 8 and 10. That doesn't fall all exclusively on the shoulders of the quarterback, does it? Like I said, statistically, he played with the worst defense in the NFL during his nine-year stretch with the Raiders. 800-919-3776. That is a telephone number. Let us say hi to Danny in Centerport, who's up next here on 98.7. Danny, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Dan. Pleasure as always. 
Uh, I mean, you know, we, we speak an awful lot on the post games, and I think you realize how passionate I am about my team. Um, sure. Not, not too many things in my life that I'm passionate about with this team. I don't know why I'm such a, such a meathead with this. It's just it's in my blood. It's been in my blood since I'm eight, nine years old, and it's just something I get crazed about, you know. And so, I, Dan, listen, I, I, I want to bring up two points, one with the quarterback and one with the coach. There's by, by no means do I want anything other than – Aaron Rodgers at this point, because I think he makes us completely relevant immediately. There's not one question mark when it comes to him. Um, he gets in this program with this offensive coordinator, and we, we, we should have immediate success. That, that being said, I would definitely not be upset if Derek Carr came our way. And you just hit everything that I wanted to bring up to you. This guy has had zero luck when it comes to, to, comes to his nine years in the league. Just like you said, six coaches, zero defenses. And let's face it, Dan, the coaches that he did have were not exactly Vince Lombardi. Okay, right. So this guy had to learn a playbook consistently every couple of years, learning a brand-new offense over and over and over again. So that being said, I would not be upset if it was Derek Carr. But Aaron Rodgers is an absolute must if he's willing to come here. But we cannot be left at the altar at this point, Dan. We cannot wait for this guy, let Derek Carr leave, and, and somebody else grabs him, and, and Aaron decides that he doesn't want us, and now we're left, you know, again at the altar. So I, I, I hope this works the way every Jets fan, I believe, that wants this to go this way with Aaron Rodgers. So, Dan, I don't think you're wrong, point. and I think that's how you have to look at it here, and I thank you for the phone call. You know, like I said, you don't know what Rodgers is thinking. So if you sit here and watch the parade go by and wait for Aaron Rodgers to make his decision, and then he emerges from the dark hole and you realize, well, he's not coming here, and then what happens if Derek Carr goes signs with someplace else? Then what do you do? Then you're on to Jimmy Garoppolo. Then you're on to Ryan Tannehill. Then you're on to, I mean, what are you doing? You're bringing Mike White back? What are you, what are you doing? So they're doing their due diligence, and yes, while it does take two to tango here, Carr's going to want the Jets as much as the Jets want Carr. I think they're approaching this thing the right way. Because I can't stress this enough. What are your other options? And what have you been trotting out there for the last I don't know how many years? This guy's not an awful quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. That if you put, arguably, maybe the best team around him that he's had since he's been in the NFL, think about the production you might get. You know, in the last decade, you might have only had one plus. It's got to be more than a decade because Mark Sanchez never had, even though he won and took the team to two championship games, he never had individual seasons like Derek Carr did. Aside from that one year with Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2015, which you know, is once in a blue moon like Haley's Comet. Name me a Jet quarterback that consistently goes out there and has the type of production that Derek Carr does each year, where you're talking about in the neighborhood of 4,000 yards passing, you know, 25 or more touchdowns and keeping the interceptions and the turnovers to a minimum. When does that happen? 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. More of your calls coming up and also... We got to get a little bit more information on the darkness retreat. What is it all about? How do you join up? You know, how long is it supposed to last? All those type of things. We'll try to get some of those answers when we return. Dan Gross' show till noon right here on 9870 ESPN.